a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins which we're supposed to be conquering have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but they've been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. Cruel and unusual punishment. This is Table Talk Radio. Uh, getting you ready for another theological waterboarding. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, especially today. Do you know we have ninjas coming on the show today? <laughs> yeah, we are not the only new Lutheran media with ninjas. Next week we're going to play a game with pirates. We are. I don't even know what you're talking about. Just saying. You know that guy Fisk. Well, if I don't know what you're talking about, other people probably don't know what you're talking about, too. So why don't you explain it to us? So uh, Fisk likes ninjas. Did you know that? Okay, so today in the show, (laughs) what what is this ninja thing anyway? Oh, Ask a Ninja Pastor. We we have this new game that we invented because I was watching the video Ask a a Ninja. Ask a Ninja! And he he has these omnibus where he just answers question after question after question. So we're going to try to play this game where we, we see how many theological questions each can answer in five minutes. Yeah. Who knows? This is going to be a train wreck. Yep. Just get ready to remember this for next time we do a worst of show. And then also, <laughs> what are we doing? Well, after we answer an email, we'll do Ask a Ninja Pastor, and then we'll do Mythbusters. And uh, today, Mythbusters, uh, Table Talk Radio's Theological Mythbusters is looking at the Council of Trent. So yeah, right. you should that. probably do some show prep at some point for that. Gotcha. we got to get lumpy on the job. All right, I have an email I'm here for this you. Email. I'm reading this email, and I'm realizing that I probably should have done a little show prep on this thing, on this dude. <laughs> uh, do you have it in front of you? It says, it, in light yep. of a recent praise song crunch, when we were crunching grace alone, and discussing Christ and us and us in Christ, that was when we were talking about uh, Osiandrianism, right? Um, could you sure. tackle a few Hey, of wait, f- we forgot to do buzzwords. Okay. Buzzwords. <laughs> Well, give me a little more time to do some show prep and do some buzzwords <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> All right, I have. Sorry, sorry, listener. We have to go back and do uh, buzzword now. Um, right. Do you want? I have. I. You can choose from one of two. Both of these are from Theopedia. Do you want preaching or liturgy? Uh, preaching. Okay, preaching. I prefer preaching over the liturgy. <laughs> Take Pre- that, all you hyper euros. Preaching in New Testament times, therefore, related primary, primarily to announcing good news. In the New Testament, the content of that good news centered around the themes of Jesus, Christ, the Word, the Gospel, and the Kingdom. Okay. Got it. Now, I got a buzzword for you. Okay. 
Is that good, by the way? Is that a good definition of preaching? Um, I think it might fall short. Uh, okay. So, so some of the uh, uh, New, New Testament Greek words we have for preaching, yeah, there are two. Uh, we have uh, eucharisco, is that right? Eucher- is that right? No, no, no. Uh, what am I thinking of? Um, Caruso. Ca- Caruso, yeah. So this is, this is just to, to herald, to, pro- to Don't pro- bother me with the, to proclaim. talking about the Greek. Um, I'm and, an expert only in German, Hebrew, and Latin. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> um, and, and so the distinction here is so this is uh, this word is used when um, uh, you know in, in uh, First Peter that that Jesus goes down to 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 preach to the the spirits in prison, and um, it's different mm-hmm. than the word that uh, that we use for preaching um, in in the Greek New Testament for um, uh, euangelion or or uh, to to proclaim the gospel, so so the euangelion has more of a uh, uh, a, procl- a, a proclamation of the gospel, the good news, uh, the saving proclamation of the gospel, uh, versus just the announcement. Um, so that we, so that that Jesus didn't go down to the spirits in prison uh, to preach to try and, and save them. It was it was too late for them, um, but rather to, to proclaim to say, hey, look, I am, I am, I am the Christ. I think that's better. Do you think that's that okay. helpful? I don't know. I'm not. I'm totally not listening to you. Normally, I listen with half my brain, but I'm onto something here in this email, and I'm tracking it down now in the Greek. So I have to focus. Okay. So my buzzword for you is flesh. Why don't you go ahead and define that <laughs> while I keep looking at this? <laughs> you want me to define your buzzword? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're new lows here on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hardly. Um, I mean, talk about the descent into hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't hear you mention that. Anyway. Table Talk Radio's descent to hell. <laughs> uh, flesh. Uh, well, this is probably referring to uh, the sinful nature. Is that how you want? Is that how you want to refer to flesh? Yeah, that's right. Because uh, because most people say uh, there's two ways of talking about flesh. There's the good kind of flesh way, which means body, and then but then there's the biblical definition, which means sinful nature. I remember when I when I texted you a question, uh, and it was something like, uh, "Can can we uh, say to Christians this?" And you said, "So far as our flesh." And I said, "Okay, Gnostic." <laughs> and, you, and you responded, "Sorry, I forgot you were using the NIV." <laughs> <laughs> that is a really funny exchange, probably for like three people in the world. If you are one of those people where that little exchange between Evan and I is funny to you, then. Welcome to the party. The reason why that's somewhat funny is because uh, is because the inst- the the word that Paul uses for sinful nature is the word flesh or sarks, and it means sinful nature. But the NIV uh, translates it and it co- and says instead of saying flesh, it says sinful nature. Right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what the NIV does? I think so. <laughs> yeah. All so right. Anyways. Congratulations on being in the in crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This now, if you are though, now it should probably give a warning. If you were one of the seven people in the world that under, you know, think that that joke is funny, I by the way was at the Brothers of John the Steadfast uh, conference last week, and I did that same sort of thing. I said, I looked in the mirror this morning, which was the first use of the mirror. <laughs> Oh. I think that was prob- that's probably I said, like there's two people laughed there too and I said there's the only place in the whole world that this had the potential of being funny <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't even funny there. All right. Uh let's quit procrastinating. Now if you want to draw a picture. Now watch this. So draw if you draw a circle and draw a line across the horizontally and a line vertically. 
Now, uh, so on the top, you can put body and the and the bottom put soul. And then now you have your vertical line and on one side put flesh and the other side put spirit. So that there's two distinctions that we go. So we are both body and soul naturally, but our body and soul are both stained with sin. That's the flesh. And yet the the spirit is the new man that crosses both body and soul. So that when we talk about body and soul, that's the duality of man's nature. And when we talk about flesh and spirit, that's the duality of the Christian life. But you should be defining that because I'm still trying to track this. No, no, it's time for you to get the email. We 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 define flesh uh, flesh now. So. Okay, you got now. I just got to the end. Now we have a list. This email it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Bible passages. Okay, and here's and here it says in light of recent praise song crunch of grace alone and discussing Christ in us and uh, and us in Christ. Could you tackle a few of the following verses? Uh, and then there's some verses. You want to read a few? This would be a good email for a ninja pastor. Should we do a, a okay. ninja pastor, pastor warm-up? Yes. Okay, ready? John 6, 54, 56. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Yeah. Now, th- this is it, probably not... I don't want to take this ninja pastor way because... <laughs> okay. It doesn't. It won't work that way. I mean, we could, well. Okay, we'll do Ninja Pastor, but then we got to come back to it. This is going to take longer than we think. Uh, what Jesus well, is just talking answer. about in John don't, don't 6... don't be a Ninja Pastor. Then just answer. Okay. What John's talking. Jesus is talking about in John chapter six is just as the manna came down from heaven, so the Son of Man has come down, and whoever eats his flesh, that means believes his incarnation, then they are a part of him. They are, um, and Christ will use this these kind of unity metaphors, us in him and him in us, to describe his church, the result of faith. Now, the reason why this comes up in this email is that the uh, author of the email, uh, Mike, is wondering about how it is that the Bible talks about Christ in us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it that Christ is in us? And um, and is that to be understood as wrong because we've classified that kind of language really as mystical? Now, I, I would like to bring to this um, to this conversation, though, uh, a question, which is, when we hear Christ in us, the picture that we probably get is going to be generally, I think, Gnostic. It's going to be, um, uh, it's going to be some sort of internal, sort of spiritual indwelling. I think that's true for maybe for one or two of these passages. But in all of these ten passages, this is what I was looking up. Every time it says that I am in. It's uh, I am in you, Jesus says. I'm in you. Uh, in each of these cases, the you there is plural. Hmm. It's not a in I'm church. in you individually, but I'm in the midst of, of you. And this is exactly what Jesus says to the Pharisees. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. It doesn't mean it's in your heart, but it means it's right in between you. So I think the best way of understanding uh, almost all of these texts is with the promise that Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. Uh, So that this is talking about the church. Uh, I knock on the door, and if you answer, I will come in and and dwell with you. All right, we need to take a commercial break, and then um, do you want to talk about a few more of these when we get back? Okay, we'll do that. Uh, If you have any questions for us, send them to questions at tabletalkradio.org or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Show you won't be loud, but still just you on the inside. You can't pretend it'll be alright. 
This is Chris Roseborough, captain of Pirate Christian Radio, and Table Talk Radio is PCR's top radio program right after Issues Etc., Fighting for the Faith, Sermons from Holy Trinity, The God Whispers, The Gift, Radical Grace, SoCo, Higher Things, The Feast, Dying to Live, Living Water, Words of Hope, Internet Monk, and reruns of The White Horse Inn. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Before we get to Ask a Ninja Pastor, uh, we will be finishing up this email from Mike. Mike uh, was protesting. Uh, is pro- protest a little bit too strong of a word? Mike had a question. Yeah, I'm not sure he was protesting. Yeah. Uh, Mike had a question from our, our one of our past praise song crunches. We, we crunched the song Grace Alone. He said you know, we, we, we brought up uh, Oceanrianism and, and the, this language of, of Christ being in us is, is not the uh, preferred language. Um, it's... Uh, relates to our discussion of mysticism. So now the question is, how how do we deal with the following verses? Are you ready for another one, Pastor Wolfmiller? Yep. Yep. Uh, John 14, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live and you will live also. At that day you will know that I I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Yes. Again, plural. I and you guys. And, the, and which is nice. Now, what that means, how do we abide in Christ? The, the answer is that we trust in his word. And that's the, Jesus makes that point beautifully already in the second verse of the chapter. Uh, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So our abiding in Christ is our trust and our faith in his word. Okay. Um, which of these uh, is an exception to the plural you, the second person? Um I don't know. Second. I can't remember. Uh, there's one. Oh, here, the Galatians 2.20. All right. Galatians uh, 2.20. For uh, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Uh, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I... Hey, buzzword. 500 points. How was that? My goodness. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> uh, I now live in the flesh. You I automatically declare yourself 500 <laughs> points because you surprised yourself. You're supposed to surprise me. You're like, oh, hey, buzzword. I don't even know what my buzzword Oh, here I found it. I got it now. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who surprise lives in me. Yourself. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith for, of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I think it should be by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, now here, here we have actually in this uh, verse, a beautiful, both of these things. Could we, we talk about Christ in us and Christ for us. Now, it's true that Christ lives in us. In fact, that he even dwells in our heart. Uh, uh, that's That would be um, uh, Colossians, where, where Paul writes that Christ dwells in our hearts. True. Now, most of the time, the Bible talks about how we are in Christ. But there is this talk about Christ in us. But it's always bound up. To, to, to a couple things. First, to Jesus giving himself for us on the cross, and then second, to our faith and trust in his word. So the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself up for me. So now, one is righteous it's not, not, not because of Christ dwelling in the heart, but one is righteous because mm-hmm. of that faith. Right, and in fact, it's precisely because of faith in Christ who died for us that Jesus now does live in us. Uh, that one comes before the other. The danger is seeing Christ in us as the um, as that which saves us, 
No, it's a result, just like the Holy Spirit living in us. It's just like Paul, uh, again in Galatians, we'll talk about how the, the Spirit comes by faith. Uh, so just, just as faith grabs onto the promise of justification, so faith grabs onto the Holy Spirit. Now, if we said, by the way, if we said that it's wrong to talk about Christ in us, then we were wrong, because the Bible obviously does. Uh, I don't think we, I hope we didn't say that. The point is, though, what's the what's the emphasis that we're uh, given to talk about uh, in the scriptures? And that is Christ who died for us. Very good. Okay, I think we co- we covered this email. Okay. If you have a follow-up, give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. Okay, now, ask a ninja. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask questions to you first. Is that all right? Yeah. Now, is there a five-limit uh, time on here? Five-minute time limit. And then what do we say? If we skip, you take a 30-second penalty. Like a pass. I don't know how to, yeah, if you pass. If, I, if you ask me a question that is too hard and I can't answer, then... Or if strategically you think you could pass and take the thirty second deduction, Ooh. right? Because it takes longer than thirty Ooh. seconds to answer. Now, how how are you going to take the thirty second deduction off? Do you know? Uh, we'll keep track of it and have to. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't either. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, maybe we'll tell uh, you what. How about how, we'll... about how about you take a loss of two points if you if you pass? Okay. So you get you get a loss a po- of two points. You get a point if, for everyone you you answer, and you take a loss of two points if you have to pass. I like that. Okay. Go. Okay. Uh, what does it mean that uh, that Christians are free from the law? Uh, that means that no longer does the law condemn us, but rather the new man delights in the law, and the old man, Christians delight that the law kills and condemns it because we're ready to be done with it anyways. Done. Okay. According to the sacramentarians, how is Christ present in the Lord's Supper? Uh, spiritually, not physically, not according to his flesh and his blood or his body and his blood, but only by his divine nature, because his spiritual nature, his, I mean, his human nature sits at the right hand of God and cannot be in everywhere at every time, because the finite cannot contain the infinite. Done. Where, uh, name all of the places in the confessions that talk about the Lord's Supper. Uh, Augsburg Confession, Apology of the Augsburg Confession, Small Called Articles, Small and Large Catechisms, and the Formula of Concord, and... That's all. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Uh, uh, who are the unworthy guests at the Lord's Supper? Those uh, who do not have faith in these words, given and shed for you. For the words for you require all hearts to believe. Done. What are the three modes of presence quoted from Luther's confession concerning Christ uh, concerning Christ's Supper? Oh my goodness! Uh, so you have the uh, you have the bodily presence of Christ as he is um, as he is uh, when he walks the earth. You have the uh, you you have the omnipresent uh, uh, presence of Christ, which is his um, because his human nature has taken up the full use of the divine nature, and so he's in all places at once. That's the spiritual presence, and and, and so that's called the trans. And then you have the third, which is a translocal presence or sacramental presence. Where Christ is able to put His flesh and blood in a, in every place where He wants it for our benefit. Done. Okay. What is transubstantiation? Uh, well, yeah. What is transubstantiation? 
so Aristotle makes the distinction between a thing's essence and a thing's accidents. So the es- essence is what a thing really is. The accidents is what it looks like. And and so uh, uh, the Catholic Church brought that distinction to the Lord's Supper and says that the essence of the bread and wine is changed to the body and blood of Christ. So you have a transubstantio, a change of substance or essence, while the accidents remain the accidents of bread and wine. And the Lutherans protested because it was bringing Aristotelian metaphysics into the de- simple words of Christ, this is my body. Done. Uh, and how far are the two natures of Christ distinct, and how far are they united? Um, uh, <laughs> how far are the two natures of Christ distinct, and how far are they united? Uh, pass. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh, Done. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is the effect of the incarnation for the human nature? So uh, so in the fall, human nature lost the image of God, but in Christ uh, and his incarnation, that is restored along with the Holy Spirit so that righteousness now can be given out among uh, humanity. When Jesus ascends into heaven, his, he brings his human nature to a place where only divine nature was before, namely the right hand of God. And now it's, a, it's, it's Jesus, the one who suffered, who rules and reigns all things for us, which is a great comfort for us. We also say then that uh, when Jesus brings our human nature uh, to the right hand of God, he, he exalts and restores us to that original perfection, which is something that we have now by faith. Done. What metaphors are used in the formula of Concord to describe the relationship between the two natures in Christ? Uh, fire and iron. So just as the fire is like the divine nature and the iron is the human nature and the fire is interpenetrates the iron and yet it does not change the iron into fire but it remains iron so the whole so the spirit uh so the divine nature of Christ is in his human nature uh, but neither one destroys the other done uh what are the three genuses or really the plural be genera of the communication of attributes the, the genus myostaticum, talking about the divine nature being completely communicated to the human nature and the ascension of Christ. The genus idiomaticum, which says that both natures retain that which is natural to themselves. And the genus apostolis modicum, which means that Jesus did not have two competing wills, but that both natures worked completely together to accomplish his saving purpose among man. Done. <laughs> Sorry. I was looking at the... Uh, uh, what nature did... Uh, uh, so, sorry, uh, what, what is the consequence of the resurrection regarding the human nature of Christ? That Jesus' nature is now immortal and will no longer die, so that we who are joined with Christ also long, no longer die, but will live forever, even according to our bodies. God be praised. Done. What is the difference between election and foreknowledge? <laughs> Don't let the time run out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ask a ninja! <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. That game is crazy. <laughs> okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, minus two is eight. <laughs> that should be 800, by the way. <laughs> we'll do that, 800. All right, let's see how much time we have before we get to a commercial break. Um, and actually, we need a commercial break. So we'll be right back and do one more round of Ask a Ninja Pastor. We'll be right back. You're listening to the brand new game on Table Talk Radio. You're listening to Table Talk Radio because cable's expensive. 
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. The judges met over that last commercial break. We're going to have to make a slight correction to the score. Uh, Pastor, it says here that you have 800 Table Talk Radio points. We're going to have to reduce that to now 750. Do you want to... Uh, There's a question about the three modes of presence uh, with, Christ, with which Christ uh, uses. Uh, and so we had, to, we had to go back and check that out to see if I was right. I think I said he, he, the, way, the presence that he used when he walked around the earth then the divine presence, and then the sacramental presence. Uh, we went back to the... These, by the way, Evan got his question from what is his Dogmatics 3. Uh, the study test. guide for the final. Study guide. Uh, anyway, here we have it. This is Formula of Concord, Article 7 on the Lord's Supper, starting in paragraph 99. There are three modes of presence, the local, and then the spiritual, and then the divine. So the spiritual is the way that Jesus is present according to which he neither occupies nor vacates space. And then the third, since he is one person with God, the divine heavenly mode of presence is which all creatures are indeed much more penetrable and present to him than they are according to the second mode. So that he, that so the um in all places the second one is the omnipresence, but then this third mode of presence is the uh, imminency that Christ is utterly in one place, uh, completely at all times, something like this. The, the, so the imminence, the the transcendence and the imminence of Christ is um, taught in that third mode. So. Uh, it's according to the second mode, the spiritual mode, uh, the, the, the divine mode, we should say, that Christ is present in the Lord's Supper with his body and blood. Very good. Or that he places his body and blood there. All right. <clears throat> so 750 to 500. I can't believe it took me five. How did it take me five minutes to answer? Oh, I answered ten. I answered ten questions. And you passed But them. I skipped one. That's... that's a pretty severe penalty. <laughs> I guess that's good. You don't want to have to pa- you don't want to have to pass. Yes. All right. Uh, maybe next time we can get a, uh, a, a countdown hooked up and we we'll get get it right there in the Table Talk Radio studio like a, a big scoreboard, you know, and uh, yes. bang, Ding. and then I'll take Ding. off thirty seconds whenever whenever you skip. Yeah, so. could be. Okay, you ready? Ready. I'm taking questions, by the way, from the top of the pages of the Catechism. That's it. I, I, I posted on Facebook, and our Facebook uh, fans did a nice job giving uh, questions, but they're just impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking so at you're them. having, I don't even know you're having mercy on ten me. Ten minutes to look that up. <laughs> you you were moved in the guts so that you had yeah, compassion that's right. on me. And, okay. That's Thank you. Exactly Thank you. Right. <laughs> All okay, right. So, hold on. Hold on. Pastor, wait, wait, wait. Are you ready? Let me get loose. Let me get loose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mark, set. Get set. Now I will start the timer at the end of my uh, at the end of my question. Oh, you're so great. All right, so you're you're using your timer. I got the timer here. <laughs> you can start yours too. I started mine over here because accountability uh, or what? <laughs> <laughs> I started I started a timer when you were counting me too, so I could see how much time I had. Very, very good. You should okay. start a timer. Yeah. What does it mean when we say that the scriptures are inspired by God? Uh, the scriptures are inspired by God, meaning that uh, uh, the the Holy Spirit uh, in, uh, <laughs> uh, gave gave His holy word to the to the the holy writers and and wrote um, uh, the 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 the, uh, the text uh, according to the the will of God. It's hard to not use the 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 word inspired in the definition. Done. True enough. What is the gospel? The gospel is in the wide sense or the narrow sense. Uh, narrow. 
In the narrow sense, the, the, the gospel is the free gift of salvation won by the, the death and resurrection of Christ uh, out of mercy and compassion um, uh, of, of God for sinners. Done. What is the gospel in the broad sense? Uh, the gospel in the broad sense is the message, the holy word of God, uh, uh, including the, the law and the gospel, the, the, uh, the good news of, of, of salvation, which includes also uh, God's holy commandments. Done. What is the summary of the first table of the law? The summary of the first table of the law is the uh, the first three commandments. It summarizes the uh, our relationship to God, uh, uh, God and man. Uh, so this is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Done. How do you know that there is a God? <laughs> <laughs> Through uh, natural revelation and and special revelation. Natural revelation being the, uh, 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 the, the, well, okay, the, so there goes like A, B, C, D, and E in the catechism. <laughs> but right. uh, natural revelation being, uh, for, for, for example, uh, uh, the, the law written on our hearts, the fact we have a conscience, um, creation, which tells us that there is a God, but does not tell us who that God is. So that's natural revelation. Special revelation being uh, divine revelation uh, to man uh, through Holy Scripture. Um, done. Good. Name three attributes of God and define them. Okay, we'll start with omnipresence. This is uh, the attribute that God is uh, in all places at all times. Um, the uh, second one, omnipotent, that God is all-powerful. Um, uh, and uh, here's, a, here's a good one, the immutability of God. We The third one, uh, this is that God doesn't change, that Jesus is yesterday, today, and tomorrow, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This gives us great comfort so that we know that... Um, uh, when, when God tells us 2,000 years ago that your sins are forgiven, we know that he does not change his mind. God does not change. Uh, so this is true for us even today. Done. When do we sin against the third commandment? All the time. Done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What sin is particularly forbidden in the seventh commandment? I counted it. You did? Okay. <laughs> Poorly asked question <laughs> deserves an answer. Um, okay, the seventh commandment: uh, uh, you shall not um, uh, you shall not steal. Uh, so uh, this is this is what is for you said was forbidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that we uh, do not uh, take our neighbors' uh, money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way. Done. What does the Bible tell us about the evil angels or the devils? Uh, the Evil angels um, or the demons are those who um, uh, were cast out of of heaven with Satan in the rebellion against against uh, against God. Done. Uh, what uh, does man still bear the image of God? Yes or no? And what does this mean? Ooh. <laughs> uh, n- no, the image of God was lost at the fall. However. Uh, we have the image of God um, uh, restored to us in the person of Jesus, who is who um, died for man's redemption, and it will be perfected. The image of God will be perfected in us on the on the last day when all bodies are raised from the dead. Done. Why was it necessary for our Savior to be true man? Uh, so that he could uh, atone for the sins of the people. Uh, that uh, um, 
that blood could be spilled and, and forgiveness of sins could be won. Done. Why was it necessary for our Savior to be true God? Uh, so that he could be holy and perfect in, in every form, uh, obeying the commandments in its perfection, both in perfect obedience and also in uh, or, uh, active obedience and also passive obedience. Done. For what threefold office was Christ anointed? Prophet, priest, and king. Done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> ding. Ding, ding. The, the buzzer. The buzzer beater. I thought you could sneak one in. Nice. Now, by the, so on this, why was it necessary for our Savior to be true man and true God? Well, we can look at the catechism on this, but let me tally up your points here. Impressive okay. run, Ninja Pastor. Yeah, that, you that, got eleven those, right. Those questions were about about the same in difficulty as yours. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Whoa, eleven right. hundred points. All right. And add that to my 500. No, are there any that I need a corrective on? Then is, it, is that the only one that you wanted to go back? No, on? No, no. Just we can add a little bit more on the um, uh, on the true man and true God. I we remember reading still. that in the catechism and not being super impressed with the answer. So uh, mm-hmm. go. Uh, yeah, it's a good place to start though because those are good questions. The I mean, those are two fantastically good questions that we should spend a, quite a lot of time thinking about. Uh, but it says here in the catechism, and I'm reading the older catechism. I don't know what the newer new one says. So that this is a this is a public domain here. If you guys want to repeat what I'm saying, it's fine. <laughs> you won't have to worry about copyright limitations. But in the we old catechism, this, we won't put says, CPH out of business by 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 reading this. <laughs> uh, one that Jesus might take our place under the law, Galatians four. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was made under the law to redeem them that are under the law. And that he might be able to suffer and die. So the two reasons it's necessary for Jesus to be a man, kind of in the raw sense, I mean very bare bones and necessity, is so Jesus could be under the law and that he also might suffer and die. The divine nature can't die. So Jesus has to take upon himself flesh and blood in order to to spill blood and have the flesh, uh, uh, the life taken from the flesh. Uh, and then the, the, for the second one, the quote is Hebrews uh, 2.14 which is one of my favorite verses. Just as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So so that's the two reasons that we have in the Catechism why Jesus had to be man. And then why was it necessary for a Savior to be true God? First, that his fulfilling of the law might be sufficient for all men. If, if Jesus was just a man and not God, his fulfilling of the law would just be for himself. But now because he's God in the flesh, his fulfilling is sufficient for all people. Uh, second, that his life and death might be sufficient ransom for our redemption, the price that he pays pays for the sins of the whole world, and that he might be able to overcome death and the devil for us. While Jesus, uh, if a normal man would have uh, died, or sorry, Adam in his perfection couldn't even destroy the devil, but Jesus, because he's God, could. So let's take a look at the scoreboard, 1,600 to 750 points. Um, Pastor Gigline is in the is in the uh, lead there. So uh, we have one more segment of Table Talk Radio. I don't know if there's points to be earned, but Mythbusters. I'm sure next. I'll find some. I'll find <laughs> we'll be right back looking at the you Council of Trent. very own theological court gestures. This is Table Talk Radio.
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. 1,600 to 750 Table Talk Radio points. I'm in the lead. Now let's play some uh, Mythbusters. Here on Table Talk Radio, we take a theological question and, and, uh, and test it to, the, to the, the scrutiny of Holy Scripture and see if we can bust uh, the myth or if it will stand. So, uh, Pastor Wolfner, tell us what is in store for our listeners today's version of Mythbusters. I gotta read from the Council of Trent. I'm, I, by the way, I'm still tired from that ninja workout. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners are tired. I probably. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. In fact, they're not even listening. Don't worry. Did we? Men, did we? <laughs> they've all fallen asleep by now. <laughs> there. What's that? Whatever that disease is where you can't fall asleep. What's that called? Insomnia. Yeah. Gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we did. We note that there was no Jane's treadmill warning. Yeah, at the beginning I, that, of this. that was that. That's a that's a soon forever for every show, unless otherwise noted. But we keep getting all these emails from Calvinists that have quit their Calvinism and have become Lutheran from listening to our show. At least that's their excuse. <laughs> they were really predestined all along. <laughs> so now no, no, we are aiming our sights. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We are aiming our sights at the Catholics. So hope to get some uh, bunch of Catholics to uh, convert to Lutheranism. So yeah, all, all, those, st- all we... those Catholics that stick to the Council of Trent. Oh, our our crosshairs are on you. Yeah, that's right. We're coming for you. Now, we start, of course, our process of wooing you into Lutheranism by a, a relentless mockery. If it works with the Calvinists, surely it'll work with the Catholics. Oh, yeah. Canon oh. 3 of something here. This is, uh, oh, I can't ever. We never got an email from the... any Catholic listeners. Remember we said that a, a couple weeks ago? If there's any Catholic listeners, send, send us an email. Yeah. None. None. So we might just be, you know, barking in the dark. But hey, why not? No, no. The more uh, mockery draws attention. So oh, okay. all the Catholic apologist guys, you know, those guys, they're going to be talking about how oh, Luther yeah. was a pedophile and everything. You know, those right. guys are all yeah, out there. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to be all over our case. <laughs> all right, bring it. Those on. in the fundies. This is Canon Three of something on the sacrifice of the Mass from the Council of Trent. It says this: If anyone saith, that means says. <laughs> that the sacrifice of the Mass is only a sacrifice of praise and of thanksgiving, or that it is a bare commemoration of the sacrifice consummated on the cross, but not a propitiatory sacrifice, or that it profits him only who receives, and that it ought not to be offered for the living and the dead for sins, pains, satisfactions, and other necessities, let him be anathema. Now, this, what, okay. what year does Council of Trent come again? 1540ish. I don't know. It was like 17 years long. It started right before. Um, it started right before Luther died, if I remember right. Okay. Let me see if I can find it here. So, I mean, th- this is really a response to the Reformation, though. I don't know that. Uh, 1563 is when Council closed. Okay, you'll, you'll have to help me if I didn't quite uh, understand the, the first part of that. But I don't know the Lutheran under- understanding of the Lord's Supper would be included in their anathema. But we certainly wouldn't agree with with their articulation, so I guess we would be included in the, in the anathema by not agreeing with them. But they um, is that right? I mean, uh, I mean, we we certainly don't see it as a memorial meal, as they said. Was there anything else in there that would right, include sure. us? No. Here's the whole point: so that they said it was a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So right. it's like for the in, it's like Trent says. Look, of course the mass is a sacrifice, but it, uh, some people <laughs> yeah. say it's a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Others say it's a propitiatory sacrifice. Those that say sacrifice of thanksgiving. Wrong. Right. See? As, as if I those mean, are the and only not just two wrong. options. Know, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, let's see. Hebrews says uh, Christ died once for all. Um, mm-hmm. 
So he what? offered himself as a sacrifice. Yeah. We we do have the word propitiation uh, in the Bible a handful of times that Christ is our propitiatory sacrifice. So the word propitiation means you want to define that? Uh, no, go ahead. To carry away the wrath of God. So atoning sacrifice. So propitiation means a sacrifice to appease God's wrath. Um, so so that Christ is the propitiatory sacrifice. But then see this is the thing. That Trent comes along and says that the sacrifice of there there is a propitiatory sacrifice and it is in the Lord's Supper. Uh, so it says just as the cross is the um, is a sacrifice, so is the Lord's Supper a sacrifice. I pulled out now my uh, Catholic catechism and I'm poking around trying to find out where this is that they can tell us more about this sacrifice, but I can't find it exactly. Hmm. So you 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 have that text from Hebrews? Christ offered himself once for all. No, but I can pull it up. You're trying to. Yep. And what see, else? Uh, see, you're trying to get you're trying to get me then. to stall, and I'm I, I have nothing. To, I need you to stall so I can get to my <laughs> my stalling for you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take turns stall. Good thing there's two of us. How do I find? Is this question or page number? I think this is question three hundred and sixty. Don't worry, I'll get there, dear Catholic. Uh, First Peter three. First Peter three eighteen. For Christ also died for uh, sins once for all, for just uh, the just for the unjust, so that He might bring to us, uh, bring excuse me, that He might bring us to God, having put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, good. so the idea, now, right, is, is, of Rome is that uh, that uh, um, you know baptism washes away your original sin, and then uh, you come to church to receive the means of grace um, to to clean up any sins you did since then. But um, you're on your own, and between now and the next time you come to the to the table, and so there needs to be a, another sacrifice for the, for those sins. Is that is that the idea? Is that the well, see, see, uh, Luther does this genius thing where he says that, that we, we make a distinction between the winning of forgiveness and the distribution of forgiveness. But nobody makes that. I mean, so the Catholic Church puts the winning of forgiveness in the actual sacrifice of the Mass. Now, to try mm. to figure out what they mean by the word sacrifice is just about near impossible. So you go uh, go and ask your neighborhood, friendly neighborhood Catholic priest what is meant by sacrifice of the Mass, and you'll either get a blank stare or some two-hour sort of thing. They, <laughs> because and Which basically both mean... I don't know. We don't want it really to mean it's the same as the death of Jesus, because that puts us as the ones that are winning forgiveness. But uh, just because you don't want it to say that doesn't mean that's actually not what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the holy sacrifice, because it makes present the one sacrifice of Christ the Savior and includes the church's offering. Do you get that? The term holy sacrifice of the Mass, sacrifice of praise, spiritual sacrifice, pure and holy sacrifice are also used. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Sacrifice of praise is used? What did hmm. they... Interesting. Wait a minute. Okay. Well, hold on a minute here. <laughs> if anyone says that the sacrifice of the Mass is only a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving... Oh, maybe only. And here it says the term sacrifice of praise is used. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I guess only would be the qualifier there. Yeah. That would have been cool, though. Hmm. Since it can, uh, it completes and surpasses all the sacrifices of the Old Covenant... The Holy and Divine Liturgy, because the Church's whole liturgy finds its center and most intense expression in the celebration of the sacrifice. Same ways you, we use it to call it the sacred ministry. Okay, let's okay. bust this. Busted, right? Okay. Here is the point. There is one sacrifice, and that is the death of Jesus. And everything else in the Church, even the Old Testament sacrifices and the New Testament sacraments, 
are bringing to us the promise of the forgiveness that Jesus wins on, wins on the cross. Right. Okay, busted. So we have two minutes. Busted. Want to do another one? Oh, goodness. All right. Time flies sure. when you're listening to Table Talk Radio. Since we're playing Mythbuster Ninja style. <laughs> uh, if anyone says, if anyone saith, sorry, that by faith alone the impious, or you would say impious, is justified in such wise as to mean that nothing else is required to cooperate in order to the obtaining of the grace of justification and that this is an uh, that it's not in any way necessary that he be prepared and disposed by the movement of his own will let him be anathema do you get that i think we i just thought of a better game we should play what? Uh, called the assumptions of the council of trent <laughs> and the assumption in this one is is that if someone believes that that uh, uh, that that they're saved by faith alone, then they're then they're impious. You know, so so this was this was the big thing. Impious, I really love it. <laughs> we are the impious. We should put that on the shirt. Uh, but this is this is the this was the argument that if it look if you're going to say that God gives this to you by by total complete grace, people are gonna, that's going to just empower people to go out and and sin like crazy. You know, you have to give them, uh, you have to burn them with law so that so that they're they're doing good things. You know, I mean that that was the old argument, and and this is kind of the assumption that the Council of Trent's coming coming at. Yeah, but if you want that alone in there, the alone of faith, faith alone, you got. I mean, this verse Romans four five stands in opposition to everything that the Catholic Church damns, and it's this. Paul writes, "But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness." Do you see how clearly works are excluded? From justification, both any works of preparation, works of the will to prepare, or even works that follow. It's all excluded from the calling, from Jesus calling us to be righteous and holy. Fair enough. I think this one is busted as well. Yeah. Well, that's going to take us to the end of this broadcast of Table Talk Radio. Uh, if you if you uh, are disgruntled with what we said, if you're <laughs> if we're you're, coming after you, by the way, if you're a big fan, if you're disgruntled, of, <laughs> that means you're almost a Lutheran. <laughs> That's a prerequisite for Luther- Lutheranism. <laughs> All right, give us a call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. That's one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two, or send us an email questions at tabletalkradio.org. We're happy to hear from you. Uh, whether you're uh, a Calvinist that uh, is upset or a, a Tridentine Catholic who's upset, thanks for listening Baptist to this edition. You're, you're next. <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the preaching of a ninja. I mean, you can't hear them anyways. You've never been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.